Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and today we have a very special episode on tap for you. It is a look back at the last 52 weeks of Soap Central Live. That's right, it's time again for our most memorable moment show of Soap Central Live 2012. And I've spent the last couple of weeks going through all of the shows that we did in the past year. And I have to tell you, there were some amazing moments. I hope that you agree. Over the course of the next hour or so, we're going to be looking at our memorable guests, the most outrageous moments, the funny things that have happened. And if anything, I hope that these shows make you smile, make you laugh, and make you want to go back and either listen to shows again or maybe check out shows that you didn't catch the first time around. We are preparing to start our fourth season of Soap Central Live coming up next week when we return with live shows. But in the meantime, it is a look back at our favorite moments of the past year. I hope that you enjoy them. So let's get started with this week's show. In the course of 12 months, there are many stories that become the big stories, things that we're talking about on SoapCentral.com and Soap Central Live. But to the best of my recollection, there has never been a single story that's ended up being the most talked about story for two consecutive years. Well, that changed in 2012 as fans were still talking about General Hospital's Maxie Jones. In 2011, the big story was actress Kirsten Storms stepping away from the show for an undisclosed medical reason. ABC opted to recast the role, hiring actress Jen Lilly. And Jen was only supposed to be with the show for a couple of weeks, maybe a few months, until Kirsten would return. When that situation changed and Jen was around a little longer than expected, some fans took to the internet to write, unnecessarily nasty messages to Jen Lilly, and Jen surprised everyone by responding on Twitter in a very heartfelt, emotional message, reminding fans that she was just hired and doing her job the way that she was supposed to. As I mentioned, one of the things I like to do here on Soap Central Live is to give fans an opportunity to learn more about the stars that they see on screen. And for me, it became important to give Jen Lilly a place where she could come on, talk about what she'd been experiencing and feeling, and to give fans an opportunity to really know who she was. After all, she is not the fictional Maxie. And one of the things that we learned about her was her affinity for cake pans. Let's go way back to March 23rd, 2012, and listen to more about Jen Lilly and her love of baking. So... I guess we'll get it kicked off this way, Jen. What do you think most people would be surprised to know about you? I think most, I mean, my hobby is flipping furniture, and some people know that if they've read different articles about me, but um, I'm very much a girly girl. I love baking. I had a wedding cake business that was based out of my parents' kitchen in high school that I ran. But wow. recently, in the past three and three to four years, I've really been into, like, power saws and cable saws and flipping furniture, like finding old used furniture that people have cast aside and renewing them. And then um, I like to sell them or keep them for myself. So I'm going to thrift store gems and power tools. I go to Home Depot a lot. It's one of my favorite stores. So do you just go in there and sort of wander the aisles and go, ooh, you know, chainsaw, ooh, jigsaw? Is that sort of how it um, goes? Not really. I What I'll do is if I... I just recently got addicted to Pinterest. Oh, God, I joined Pinterest, and it's, it's you know, a travesty, really. It takes up a lot of my time. But I will find things on Craigslist that I really like for cheap, and then I'll basically try to find a YouTube video 
or basically a how-to DIY video, do-it-yourself. And then I'll go to Home Depot and get the tools. Um, but a lot of them I already have. I mean, I have two table saws. I have sanders. And um, my, my literally one of my best friends, she calls my, my garage Home Depot because she's like, I could borrow anything in here. So um, <laughs> I guess that's kind of surprising about me. But I love wearing dresses and, and baking as well. So <laughs> that's my hobby. I don't know that I was expecting to talk about, you know, table saws today, but we can, we can work with that. That'll be, that'll be fine. We're going to go back a little bit to the, this wedding cake business. What is your favorite type of cake to make? I'm a big fan of yellow cake. I feel like it's super delicious and, um, I don't really like fondue. I think it tastes disgusting. It's really pretty, but it tastes gross. So I'm a big fan of the buttercream icing, um, as far as wedding cakes go, but I like the cream cheese icing and I'm really into cake pans. I mean, that's, kind of one of my addictions is <laughs> buying cake pans. Like every time Target has a sale, my brother and my boyfriend are like, Jen, we got to go. And I'm like, wait, let's just check the cake pans. They might have cake pans. <laughs> so are we talking, like, you know, do you have the little bunny pans for Easter and you have heart pans for Valentine's Day? Is that what we're talking about? Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Any particular uh, mystery sort of cake pan, something like the holy grail of cake pans that you're looking for that, Maybe folks can tweet you and tell you where you can find it. Oh, well, I just recently saw this one on Pinterest that I thought was completely adorable because I'm helping plan my cousin's wedding. And um, there are these, like, these little miniature, they look like miniature three-tiered cakes. Um, I guess they're about the size of a cupcake, but they look like miniature wedding cakes, and I kind of want to get those and make her something. So I want to make her, like, 50 miniature wedding cakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I'd like to thank you before we go any further for being able to help me continue the streak of talking about food on this show. It never oh. fails. It never fails. I know. So, I love food. It's delicious. <laughs> it does seem that we spend an inordinate amount of time talking about food here on Soap Central Live. In fact, it's probably second only to talking about the soaps. Back on November 30th, 2012, Guiding Light vet Carla Mosley dropped by to talk about her new single, Simply Lovely. And in the process of doing that, well, sure enough, we ended up talking about food because her nickname is that of a vegetable. And in the process of doing that, she tried to get me to eat vegetables, something that no one has been able to do. <laughs> Let's take a listen to Carla Mosley. On the music video, the credits, of course, do list you as Carla Collard Green Mosley. Where, <laughs> where did the collard green come from? It's funny. I was on a, when Facebook started, I'm sometimes slow on social media, uh, on the social media uptake. So uh, when Facebook started, everyone kept saying, get on Facebook, get on Facebook, get on Facebook. And I said, fine, I'll do it. But I, I just sort of put up this funny name, Collard Green. And at first, it was like a joke, and I was sort of also incognito, but then everyone found me anyway. Um, and then it just sort of stuck, and I started showing up places, and people would say, hey, Collard, how's it going? And, and people would ask if I really changed my name to a vegetable, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> it just really, I just thought it was so funny. But then when I think about it, you know, collard greens represent abundance in the South, um, which is where my family is originally from, from Virginia, Atlanta area. And, um, and you know, so this, I, this idea of, like, abundance 
Um, and then, and I'm a, I'm vegan, and so it sort of worked in that way. And I just, I just sort of love it. I love the name, so it's kind of stuck. I have to say, I like the nickname better than I like the vegetable. Uh, you know, it's, oh, you have to, yeah. Well, you'll, we'll have to get together and get some good collard greens one day. <laughs> well, that was the thing. It's, it's, you know, it's like everything else. If they're not cooked right, mm-hmm. it's just... Exactly, because yeah. I feel that way about okra. Yeah, it's another one. It, pretty much for me, if it's green, I probably <laughs> don't like it. Oh, no. Yeah, no. I'll have to, we'll have to get you some good veggies. Oh, oh gosh, we're going to have a vegetable challenge. That's going to be the, the next segment for our shows. Carla Mosley will be joining the cast of The Bold and the Beautiful in 2013. So if you're a Guiding Light fan and you miss her, or if you enjoyed her interview on Soap Central Live, be sure to check her out. There are some vegetables that I do like talking about, and I'm not the only one. General Hospital's Julie Berman was a guest on the show on November 16th, 2012. And of course, around the holidays, we have to ask people about their favorite holiday foods. Julie had a very interesting response. And from there, we learned something more about what she likes to do after she's done eating on Thanksgiving. Let's take a listen to Julie Berman. What is an ideal Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving meal for Julie Berman? Um, well, I would have to say that my husband makes the most ridiculously delicious mashed potatoes. Um, I, it's like now become this thing where every Thanksgiving, uh, even if we go to someone's house, we have to bring our own mashed potatoes because we're those people that are mashed potato (laughs) snobs. Um, so basically like, even if we do, there are mashed potatoes there and we bring our own, we also keep a separate stash in the freezer for us to have in the next couple of months when we want to defrost and have more mashed potatoes. So I'd say anything that involves those, uh, is probably a solid Thanksgiving for me. Julie Berman, Emmy winner, mashed potato snob. Uh, it's a very, it's very interesting. I just realized very quickly we have one other person who's been waiting on the line. I just noticed it's Gerald. Gerald, we're going to take your call. So welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, how are you? We're good. So my question, I will keep it quick. If you could just have your choice of um, down the road of Lulu um, being featured in one story or doing something big, what would that be for you? Um, God, that's a really good question. I would have her, I would have her be like, what's the word? Like almost like a spy where she, um, slips into different characters and she's like, tempts men and, and she robs people and she's like kind of this action-y, badass, sexy hero, Catwoman sort of thing, maybe. I don't know. That's, that would be my ideal storyline, which has absolutely nothing to do with Lulu whatsoever. <laughs> but if, uh, you know, if poor Charles blows up and they start over, I think that's a good starting place for Lulu. <laughs> Thank you so much for that question, Gerald. And as everybody knows, next week at this time, so many people will be out crowding the stores to get their hands on you know, dollar televisions and uh, 50 cent DVDs or whatever the folks are out there. So what we're going to do before we let you go, one last question for you. Have you ever done any Black Friday craziness, Julie? Oh, my God. Do you even know who you're talking to? I literally, like, I wake up at about 6 in the morning 
go to the mall with my husband and I pretty much stock up for the year on all my clothes and it's sad. It's really sad, but I, I look forward to it probably more than Christmas or my birthday combined. Wow. Do you have one particular Black Friday deal that you are most happy to brag about? I just go to like, honestly, I go to a department store and there are so, if you go early enough before all the people are there, and of course now I'm sharing the secret, so everyone's <laughs> going to be there when the doors open, but I get there literally when the doors open and everything is still very organized and it's not a total disaster and a mess and I can find my size and I try on everything and I'm done by like uh, before noon. I'm done shopping and I've seriously, I've like socked up on you know, whatever new clothes I need to replace for myself or whatever. And I'm like, it's just the easiest thing ever. But then when you go and you go in the afternoon, it's too late. It's, it's just a mess. And I think it's a pain. So, so it's all about shopping for yourself on black Friday. Yes. Yes. I'm selfish like that. (laughs) See, this is what I mean about needing to tune into soap central live every week. You never know what you're going to learn about your favorite soap star. Some of our most memorable guests on Soap Central Live in 2012 are former soap stars who have moved on to other projects. One of them is Cynthia James. She was one of the first actresses to play Lexi Carver on Days of Our Lives, and she is now a motivational speaker, so her work on the soaps doesn't often come up in her everyday line of work. So she was more than happy to stop by Soap Central Live on May 11, 2012 to reflect on her time on Days and to share a little bit of information that even the most diehard soap fan probably didn't know. Let's take a listen to Cynthia James. You know, it's so interesting because I haven't talked about my soap life for quite a while. And so when my assistant said, yeah, they're interested in interviewing you about your soap life, I'm like, really? That is so cool. Well, and also it's an interesting bit of timing, too, since this was sort of something that was planned many months ago. Uh, you probably weren't aware that Days of Our Lives was planning on writing out Lexi, that the character will no longer be around. I was not aware of that. Wow, it's been a long run. What is that sort of, what thoughts go through your head when you hear that the character is going to be going away? Well, you know what, I feel, you know, I I feel a little sad because, you know, there's there's not that many African-American actresses that have, you know, you know, large roles on soaps. Uh, and, you know, that character evolved. You know, when, when I took over Lexi, she was, a, she was a cop and she worked with Abe. They weren't even connected romantically. It evolved. And then Lexi's character, you know, the evolution of Lexi's character has been extraordinary. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate that, that she's going away uh, because I think she's had a lot of different colors and a lot of different elements to her character. So let's rewind a little bit when you're talking about you know, what Lexi was up to when you joined the show. How did your sort of uh, your participation in Days of Our Lives come to pass? Well, okay, this is a bit of trivia you may not even know. <laughs> okay, when I first good. went to Los Angeles as an actress, I actually had an under five part on that show um, for Nurse Sally Johnson. And... And Deidre Hall was amazing. She actually guided me on how to use, you know, the three cameras. It was really loving and wonderful. And then, you know, Sally sort of went away. And two years later, I get a call from my agent that said, they'd like you to come back as this new character 
Lexi. And I was like, really? And so I got to come in and and be a cop, which was really fun because she was, you know, she had a, a, a nice personality, but she was tough and sort of no nonsense. And Gabe, uh, Abe was so wonderful because he was such a, uh, an incredible actor, so anchored in his profession and his skill, and he and he became like a friend. So it was a it was a wonderful thing, and then to watch it evolve as they he had been asking for a love interest for quite a long time and then to watch the two of them uh, evolve into this love interest was quite wonderful see the one of the things i love about the show is is hearing all of the the, the backstory and getting a little nuggets of trivia uh, when they when you got the call to say that you know they wanted you to come back at first did you sort of think gee they want me to come back as Sally again, or did you not get a chance to have that beat and already find out that they wanted you for a new role? No, I did think that. I thought, well, Sally's coming back, but she wasn't all that significant, so why? And then I said, no, it's for Lexi. This cop, and I was like, really? And I said, she's an under five? And they go, no, she's a character. I'm like, really? This is so great. Well, you know, you're a young actress, and this is exciting stuff, you know. Soap Central Live was, in 2012, the place to be to hear your favorite soap stars in their first ever live fan interactive interviews. There are several of those which you'll be hearing over the course of the next couple of minutes, but we're going to start off this segment with All My Children favorite Kate Collins, who played Natalie Marlowe and Janet Green for so many years. And surprisingly, this visit that Kate made to Soap Central Live back on December 7th, 2012, was the first time that she ever sat down in an interview where she had a chance to chat live with you, the soap fans, and as you'll hear, she loved every minute of it. So it's a reminder that if your favorite soap star is going to be a guest on Soap Central Live, they want to hear from you, so be sure to call in when you're given the opportunity. But more than anything that Kate had to say, perhaps the most surprising thing that she talked about was her famous father astronaut Michael Collins and how he looked at his role in history as being part of the first manned flight to the moon. Let's take a listen. Now, I mentioned, you know, asking what you were thinking about being, and I one of the choices I gave was an astronaut. There may be some folks out there who don't know, but you also have a very famous father, if you'd like to, <laughs> to share with listeners who may not know. Who oh, is your dad? sure. Sure. My dad, my dad was an astronaut. Uh, he flew twice with the Gemini program and with the uh, Apollo program. Um, so he is most well known for flying Apollo 11 with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the first lunar landing. And he's a guy who stayed in the capsule and went round and round the moon while um, Mr. Armstrong and uh, Colonel Aldrin walked on the moon. And so that was that was pretty neat growing up. That was fun because we lived in this great community where everybody worked for NASA. They were a doctor or an engineer or an astronaut or a designer. And it was a really neat, rich environment, as you can imagine, with everybody so focused on the race to the moon. And so to be a part of that community was, was just a delight. That was fun. Kids nowadays may not have heard this, but I'm sure there's an entire generation that heard from parents if they can put a man on the moon, they can. You know, you can clean your dishes, you can do whatever. <laughs> Did anyone in your family ever try to use that on you? Oh, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, Dad is sort of an interesting story. He, he always said the opposite, that, you know, uh, they did their job, they did it well, 
uh, and that was sort of the end result. Uh, it worked. Uh, it might not have worked, even if they had done their job and done it well. So it's it's really, he's always been about, you know, execute what you do well. Always do it to your best ability. Um, but there was nothing extraordinary about what they did. They simply followed a path. It was a well-laid-out path. It was thought well. It was clear, and they did their jobs. They did their jobs well, but they did do just their job. Because very often people will hold him up as a celebrity or a a hero of some sort, and he gets extremely agitated when you try that with him. Just really? work. That's, it's a, that's it's so a, fascinating. What your work is, what my work is, what a, a policeman's work is, you know, it's just a job. Just hmm. a job. That's that's absolutely fascinating to hear that, uh, and I'm you know it's I guess it's it's refreshing and surprising all at the same time to hear that that somebody feels that way. He feels strongly that way. As a matter of fact, you know what he'll say is that the hero, the hero is the person who runs back in the building to save the kids when they don't have to. The fireman who goes in to do that is doing his job and doing it well. Uh, so he really is very clear about delineating between. Uh, doing your job, and real heroism, and that we seem to have mixed it up nowadays, and we certainly have mixed up uh, whatever this thing is we call celebrity. So it, it was, as you can imagine, Dan, in my world, when you're coming along and you're a young person and you want to be an actor, you want to be a star, you want to be whatever it is, it was very helpful to have that balancing uh, input to have somebody say, you know, be be really darn careful you're doing this for the right reasons and that you don't get lost in it and you know who you are and it's about the work and about the process and that you keep it real. There are so, so many people. There are, there are so many people who are considered to be celebrities nowadays and without moving into that general range and uh, passing judgment or anything like that, it is right. interesting to see who... Uh, can be considered celebrities when maybe they haven't done anything that's worthy of celebrity. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's, we have a, um, a symbiotic relationship with them. I mean, they, they put themselves forward and then we as an audience want to participate in that and create that. So it's, you know, there's enough blame to go around on all, all sides in terms of the creation of that. How we break out of that pattern, I don't know. I worry about it from my unique perspective, because I have uh, two boys, I have two sons, and I worry a lot about what the message is, and especially what's the message um, uh, about what young men are supposed to uh, think about young women, hmm. and how they're supposed to treat them, and what what's cool, and what isn't, and so we have a lot of conversation in my household about, you know, what's real and what isn't real. In an interesting and totally unplanned turn of events, but another actress who played All My Children's Janet also made her first appearance on Soap Central Live in 2012. In fact, she made a handful of appearances. The first by daytime favorite Robin Madsen came way back on April 6, 2012, and we'll be hearing about another one of Robin's appearances coming up later in the show. But it's important to remember that sometimes our first that we talk about here on the show aren't necessarily involving soaps because our favorite soap actors and actresses have really played a part in pop culture history. And we're about to find out that one of our favorite longtime stars was a part of another well-known star's 
first on-screen kiss. Peggy McKay of Days of Our Lives dropped by Soap Central Live on October 19th, 2012 to talk about that infamous kiss, as well as a very surprising connection that she has to another daytime star. Let's take a listen to Peggy McKay. Robin Strasser, who of course was on One Life to Live, she tweeted that yes, Robin. Yes. She, she tweeted that in 1976 you bought her used Buick Riviera from her. I did. I, I, that's amazing. She said it. I, that's how I met her, and I worked with her previous husband on a movie, Lawrence Luckenbill. They had matching, beautiful Buick Rivieras. I still love that car. I almost bought another. I so loved the car. And I met her and loved her instantly. She was so nice. I'm amazed she said that because I think of that immediately when I see her. <laughs> My favorite car was that Buick Riviera. It was gorgeous. It was a unique design by DeLorean. And I almost bought one this year, but it wasn't in good enough condition. <laughs> see, this is what you're missing out if on. You talk to her, tell her. I love the car. I will definitely make sure that I do that. So, I mean, in addition to getting the shot in the arm, this is what social media is for, to find out who bought cars from who and, and all that other good oh, how stuff. how terrific. How wonderful. And this is the interesting segue. You can't have a car without a key. And since we're speaking of keys, uh, when you mentioned the Andy Griffith uh, Mayberry festivities, you were given the key to the city. It's It's got to be a special honor. Well, it was the mayor of Mount Airy, North Carolina, presented me with the key of Mount Airy, the city of Mount Airy, because of one episode that I did on Andy Griffith that turns out to be one of the favorite episodes of all eight years. And everybody knew who I was. They even knew the lines I spoke. There are thousands of people and nothing but loving and enthusiastic, sweet people all around. And I got this beautiful key, which I treasure. And I just I said to the mayor, wow, I couldn't control myself. I was so impressed by the gift. And I, I'm very happy to have received it. And I'm happy I went there because they, they are going to put a special section in the Andy Griffith Museum for me. And they love me. And what I did on that one show, they know only too well. It's one of the favorite shows of all of the Griffith shows. This was an episode in which Andy Griffith got his first on-screen kiss. Only. I, and he was so sweet. He was a lovely man who played banjo for us in between takes. And he was so shy. He said to me, do we really have to kiss? I said, I'm sorry, Andy. Yes, we do. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because that brings back all the feelings that we had in high school. And that's what we have to deal with in the scene. This emotion that came when when we saw each other again. We went outside and we kissed. And then we looked at each other and wondered, why had we never married? That's the whole bittersweet storyline. And it turns out that we wanted to be together again, but I love the big city and he loves a small town. And everybody knows they come up to you and says, so you were a small fish in a big pond and he was a big fish in a small pond. And I go, they know everything. They watch reruns. They are the most devoted fans you can imagine. 
I'm looking at a photo of you receiving the key to the city. Now, I have to ask, does this come with any special powers? Do you... Uh... <laughs> Somebody said to me, that doesn't mean you can break into homes here, you know. <laughs> in addition to those first, there were some other soap stars who made their way to Soap Central Live in 2012 for the first time. Some of them include One Life to Live's Erica Slazak and Robert S. Woods, Elizabeth Hendrickson, soap journalist Nelson Branco, Nia Peoples, and some more that you'll be hearing coming up later in the show. But there were also some other firsts that didn't involve the stars. But we had our first two-hour episode of Soap Central Live. Of course, that was on January 20th for our Bianca Palooza episode. And not to be outdone, the week before, we had a two-hour special, but it was broken up. We did a One Life to Live tribute, and then followed it up with the launch party for the new web series, River Ridge. In 2012, it seemed that Soap Central Live was the place to be for the official launch parties for web series, as in addition to River Ridge, we had kickoff parties for the second season of Fumbling Through the Pieces, and also for the new web series, Eastsiders. As the world turns, vet and three-time Emmy nominee Van Hansis dropped by to talk about his role in the new series. And he also talked a little bit about his role on One Life to Live, where he played Luke Snyder, and his interpretation of the character that he said was somewhat of a spoiled brat. Let's take a listen to why and how Luke differs from his character on Eastsiders, Tom. What can you tell us about Tom, and do you know of any striking similarities or sort of glaring differences between the two? I think there's a, I think the the characters are are much diff, more different than than similar. I mean, I think their sexuality is pretty much the only thing that makes them similar. And uh, you know, of course, there's going to be comparisons, but I think that just because characters are gay doesn't mean that they have anything in common. You know, just because people are gay doesn't mean that they necessarily have anything in common. So I think that Tom is an incredibly different character. I think one of the biggest things is I think Tom, Tom is older than Luke was. Luke emotionally was always a child. Even when he was growing up, he was a child. And I think Tom has a level of, I don't want to say like ennui or anything, but I think there's, I think there's some sort of sadness to Tom that I don't even think he knows about, but there's some, there's some, some, some deepness and some darkness to him that Luke doesn't have. And Luke was kind of obnoxious, and I don't think Tom is obnoxious. Um, Luke was endearingly obnoxious, but let's face it, he was a brat. Um, and I think that even though Tom is making some terrible decisions, I think that those decisions come out of this unrest within himself, this sadness um, that I'm not sure he even knows about. I think Luke's bad decisions came out of his his over-the-top personality and his sense of not looking at things in a, you know, a... a a full perspective. I think Tom looks at everything in a full perspective and then still makes bad decisions. Normally when you're throwing a party, you don't want crashers. Well, that's not always the case here on Soap Central Live because some of our most memorable guests have in fact been party crashers. You heard it in 2010 and 2011, and I'm going to say it again for our 2012 review show. I'm not someone who likes surprises. I like to be the one who surprises other people. But everyone was surprised back on August 10th, 2012, when we were hosting the second season launch party for the web series Fumbling Through the Pieces, and I was chatting with One Life to Live's Hillary B. Smith about her role in the web series. 
when someone called in and wanted to chat with her. That's not necessarily the surprise because we have a lot of callers who call in and want to talk to their favorite soap stars. But this was someone different. This was one of Hillary's co-stars from One Life to Live, Robin Strasser, who was poking around on Twitter, saw that we were doing the show, and decided she'd call in and chat with her friend. Let's take a listen now to Robin Strasser crashing, fumbling through the pieces on August 10th, 2012. Well, I've uh, I've been told that we have another caller who would like to weigh in on the discussion. We have a call from Robin. Robin, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. I, well, I, I'm Robin Strasser, and I'm calling Robin. to say hi to Hillary. Hi, Robin. How are you? <laughs> hi, Hillary. I wish oh I was God. so well organized that we could have had a surprise and I could have done funny voices. <laughs> and they once did that to me, and it was Nathan Fillion a, oh. a couple of years ago. And you and I are both very fond of Nathan because, uh, well, you know, we have eyes, right? We have yeah. feelings. We're, yeah. we're women. And <laughs> I just wanted to re- ask you if you remember that w- w- we once had a, a, a scenes where we were trapped in an elevator and we were voted a uh, hottest couple. Yes, as a matter of fact, that was the last time I was ever voted hottest couple, and I think that um, (laughs) shortly thereafter, and I I didn't understand that. You got it, you got it, girl. We got it. We we should have been flaunting it. You mean? (laughs) Well, any time that that I uh, came in a little ahead of Robert S. Woods. you two, you two are like favorite all time couples, high ranking in the fifty, whatever. I I I'm so sick. I I'm like a, a, you know pathetically. It's got to be about me. Did I make the top fifty? And I can't see where I'm on it. I think Bobby but, Woods would have been very very happy to have you join our couple. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Bobby has imagination, you know, <laughs> and a mad crush on you. So there you go. <laughs> and I on him and on you. So I just wanted to call and say all the best with your new project, and you're just an awesome person. Anybody who's worked with you is just so lucky. And I aww. second that. Oh, your yeah. check is in the mail. <laughs> and there were even more memorable moments during that interview. After Hillary B. Smith left the air, I was left alone on air with comedian Diane Delano, and it left me fumbling through my words, as you're about to hear. Here's another memorable moment from our August 10th Fumbling Through the Pieces second season launch party with Diane Delano. Take a listen. Well, Diane, I've got you alone to myself now. What are you wearing? (laughs) Do you really want to know? Yeah. Fur. Not really. Uh, I'll be right I over. <laughs> I mentioned fur because that seems to be uh, in some of the episodes that comes up an awful lot with some of the uh, some of the, the characters and some of the acting roles that uh, that come up, and it's dirty, not necessarily. No, fur. it's it's meant to be um, highly sexual. Uh, now I don't know where fur comes in personally. My imagination's pretty wild, though, so I can think of a few scenarios. But I won't talk about them. <laughs> so most people, when they have a garage, they maybe park their car in there or they hoard. They, you know, have boxes and stacks of old newspapers or things. Your character doesn't really use her garage for that. No, uh, she's, um, 
incredibly gifted in the in the um, shooting of porn. <laughs> do you think you need to be gifted? I mean, is there an eye involved in this, or do you think anybody with a camera can just sort of point and uh, click, so to speak? Well, um, uh, you, you, you've got to have twenty twenty vision, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Close-ups might be a little scary. Um, <laughs> but I, I do try to... Uh, um, hire people th that have some know-how with the camera. I'm just there as a director and a, as a coach. <laughs> I guess when you say cut, you've got to cut. Uh, you do. Did you have any preconceived ideas about what web series were before you joined the cast? Uh, no, you know why? Because I'm the only one on the planet that doesn't have a computer. Really? I don't have an iPhone. I have a flip phone, and it's new. My friends <laughs> laugh at me. I would rather be on my motorcycle than in front of an... Listen, I, I love... The Internet is great, and, and computers fantastic. I'm just... I think I'm allergic to anything with a keyboard. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but um, I, I didn't really know much about anything before. I know that Julie and I have been friends for many, many years, and she had told me, Many years back, she goes, I'm going I'm to write something, and, and I'm going to write a great part for you. And she did. I didn't know, you know, where it would end up. I'm so glad it's a web series. Um, look, I like all that stuff. I like television. I like soaps. Um, I have, you know, I have been around computers. I just don't personally, I don't get on it and check everything and everybody out. I'm kind of on a need-to-know basis. Okay. I know I'm weird, and I also drive a buckboard, and I wash my clothes down by the creek. Yeah, I'm. I'm just I, technology-wise, I'm not so great. I mean, my 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 VCR still flashes twelve. Oh gosh, you just have a kidding. VCR? I do have a I do have a CD player, and I have a DVD player, uh, <laughs> and, a, and a flip phone. But I have a honk and motorcycle, and I love that. Well, hey, you know, it's all about where you you find your happiness. If it's Absolutely. And you know what? At some point, I, I always tell my friends, listen, I'm, I'm gearing up to get one of those magic boxes. That's what I call it, the magic box. Computers, because I know they're fantastic. I just, for me, I, I don't have this overwhelming desire to get on it, because I know so many people that don't get off it. You know? They're like, oh, they're, always, they're always um, plugged in. There's so many things in there. Uh, uh, yes, the magic box, the, the plugged in, the getting off of the... Ma yeah, gosh. Uh, so you know what we're going to do to, to segue out of this before we... Yeah, really quickly, because everyone's going to think I'm a nerd. Before we move into... Yeah, the nerd. Until we uh, overlap into the sex hour, which comes up after this show, let's bring on one of your co-stars, Dale Rowell, who is joining the cast, and we're going to find out about her character. Dale, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you very much. Is Diane talking dirty again? Uh, well, uh, that's only because I knew you were listening on the other end, darling. How are you, oh, Dale? I'm well. It's nice to talk to you both. How's it going? Still, still above ground. Um, just another shitty day in paradise out here in L.A. <laughs> As you just heard, sometimes things get a little naughty on air, and that's okay because we don't have the same regulations that TV or radio stations would have, but we do try to keep things clean. Well, that's usually the case, except for when actress Alicia Minshew dropped by Soap Central Live on July 20th, Alicia set the record for the fastest cussing session in Soap Central Live history. Let's take a listen. I guess the first question is, 
how does the daughter of a minister tell him that she's going to be steaming up the scenes of a soap opera? How does that conversation That's go? That's funny. Well, can I just say, um, my dad, uh, who, who was uh, an Episcopal priest, he actually just retired last year. But anyway, he, he was always very liberal and very, very supportive. Um, so it wasn't as bad as you'd think. He, I mean, when, when I moved from Florida to New York to be an actor, my number one fan was my dad, and he was so supportive of me. So he was happy that I was getting paid to do what I love to do. So when he heard that I actually, I was actually sitting at a Starbucks with my dad in New York City when I got the phone call that I got the part on All My Children. I'm not lying to you. And the exact words that came out of my mouth were, I fucking got it. And I jumped up and down, and I screamed, and my dad had no idea what had just happened, and I told him I got the role, and he was so happy for me. So there was there was never any um, weirdness about oh she's going to be in a soap. He was just he was just happy to see me get the role, and you know when I had love scenes, I'm sure he just kind of turned away <laughs> and didn't and chose not to watch. Uh, but he was always really proud and supportive. So I'm I'm blessed to have a very cool dad. Well, that answers two of the questions. One was. Uh, I had read on Twitter that perhaps you had a little bit of a potty mouth. I kept thinking, oh, God, no, you no, 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 oh, not wait. our Lish, but well, apparently oh. they're not just vicious rumors. <laughs> oh, no, I totally just dropped, wait, literally, I just dropped the F-bomb in like the first two seconds of, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, might be a record. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like literally within two seconds. Now, mind you, I was repeating something that I said years ago, but I have, I have to admit, since I've been a mom and since I have, you know, a little two-year-old who absorbs everything, I really... Really, um, I watch my mouth now. I really do. Before Willow was born, you know, I was Little Miss, for some bizarre reason, Little Miss Potty Mouth. I don't know. My sisters are, too, and we, we blame it on our dad <laughs> because my dad used to swear a lot, which is very hilarious being that he was a priest. Really? No, it was. it's one of those things where it's like we, we go, you know, guys, priests are humans, too. So when they're in church, they're one way, but if they're home and they stub their toe, they're human and things come out of their mouth. So... It's the ongoing joke that my, my dad has these four little girls that all have filthy mouths. <laughs> so as I, as I um, am a mother, I really try to watch my language because I, I don't want my daughter to be like me, cursing like a sailor. <laughs> Do you have a favorite curse word? Um, yeah, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I'm asking for it, you won't do it. I'm sitting okay, here you know asking what? about, you How know, about this? Churches. How about this? Can I give you the initials? Sure. Okay, C.S. <laughs> All right. Stands for Chris Stamp, who was one of Erica's lovers on All My Children, that's if I remember my, that's correctly. That's my favorite curse word. Oh, Chris Stamp. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Earlier in the show, we talked about how it's important for us to remember that our favorite soap actors and actresses are nothing like the characters we see them play on screen. Well, it's also worth noting for you guys that I'm a totally different person off air than I am when we're here live every Friday. My executive producer can certainly attest to that. And on June 8, 2012, comedian B.D. Freeman dropped by to talk about the most outrageous moments in soap history. We were comparing how sometimes things on the soaps pale in comparison to the weird things that go on in the real world. And as you're about to hear, his appearance became one of the most outrageous moments in Soap Central Live history as we talked about... Well, I'll let you hear what we talked about. And if you listen closely, you'll be able to hear the exact moment when my head hit the desk in absolute just shock. Let's take a listen to B.D. Freeman. 
Well, you, you, I'm still, one of the things that happen in real life that you, when you're talking about devil possessions and on the soaps, it seems sort of glamorous. We have something in real life where we have people eating each other's faces under overpasses because they're high on bath salts. I mean, that is far crazier than anything you'll ever see on a soap. Yeah, man. I, I, you know, I think, you know, the soaps have to, again, have to go up and ante. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't eat nobody's face. Like, eat somebody's asshole. Because nobody would think about doing that. I, I'm looking to see, of all of these uh, ideas that folks have submitted, which one really goes with eating faces. And I'm guessing none. But Guiding Light, 1998, they were ahead of the curve. They clung- are, we, are, we, are we just going to leave eating faces that quick? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, is I that, are, you that, <laughs> are you that willing just to move on? From eating somebody's face. Where I mean, where do you go from there? You've got that. You've got somebody in Canada chopping up people and sending them to Parliament. You've got Damn, also- yeah, I heard about that, and I heard about another guy who's eating himself. True story. Heard it on the radio the other night. This dude takes pieces of himself and eats it. That it makes him strong. What is he eating? He's just eating pieces of himself. And then there's one dude who was a hermaphrodite. And he decided, you know, he went back and forth all of his life trying to decide, am I a man or am I a woman? I'm going to be a man or a woman. He decides he's going to be a woman, chops off his balls. And he sold them. Yeah, yeah, and sold them. And the dude that ate them, ate them with a nice, tangy sauce on it. You know, a nice, he had them glazed. He had glazed balls. Ate them up. I, you know. So people are, people are, I don't know, man, you know. People are afraid of the whole zombie thing right now. You ever hear, you that hear that all the time? Zombie thing? That doesn't mean you have to become one. No, nah, man, that just means you on drugs. <laughs> you on drugs, man. You know what I'm saying? Nobody just thinks, I'm going to eat somebody's balls today with a nice glaze. Nobody thinks that unless you on drugs. A nice uh, red wine reduction? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know what? Gordon Ramsay would still yell and scream at them if they didn't cook the balls right. That's what's crazy. It probably is. I, I can't believe that. you didn't cook the balls properly. <laughs> Get out of my kitchen. I've made balls for 25 years. I've never tasted balls like the balls that you've made. Oh, gosh. I, you know, you're probably right. And this is all coming from, I don't even, this took from little Marlena Evans on Days of Our Lives. Little Marlena eating, Evans. Eating balls on Hell's eating Kitchen. Eating balls. But you know what? It's good TV. Which one? Days or the ball eating? Any ball eating is good TV. Okay. Well. Especially if it's Marlena. Come on. Or a Kardashian video. Uh, or, <laughs> hell. Sorry, I'm not supposed to be the funny one on the show, but whatever. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I found out after that show that B.D. Freeman thought that maybe I didn't enjoy his appearance because he was a little over the top and I was unprepared. But actually, I found it really funny, and I hope that you guys did as well. There are some things on the show that end up being really funny that weren't planned to be that way. And sometimes even a joke or two goes awry. That was the case when General Hospital's Lisa LeCicero dropped by on July 13th to talk about GH and some of her outside projects, and I arranged to have a special call-in surprise from her on-screen co-star Robin Madsen, who plays Heather Weber. And even though I knew the call was coming, when it actually came through on air, it scared me a little bit too. And let's take a listen to Robin Madsen's surprise appearance on Soap Central Live. 
All right, let's go to the phones. We have Heather from New York. Heather, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hello. Hey, Heather. Hello. How does it feel being stalked yourself, especially on Friday the 13th, my favorite day? I'm sorry. Do you not remember my name, Heather? Oh, my goodness. Lisa, it's Robin. I was going to say, for you know what? I was about to make a joke. I was about to say, I hope it's not Heather Weber calling, but it is Heather Weber calling. How did I get so lucky? I just, I, well, I didn't want to scare you too long. You know, I was, <laughs> I was, I was scared. I was sure, voice. you know. I actually kind of recognized your voice a little bit. You have a very distinct <laughs> and voice, Robin. I was trying to be scary. Um, it worked. <laughs> and... Well, now it's time to reveal the most memorable moment of Soap Central Live in 2012. 52 weeks of shows have led up to this. Do you think you know what it is? Well, here are some clues. This show featured the first interview for one of these guests on Soap Central Live. It was the first two-hour episode of Soap Central Live. And it marked the first time that two actresses who'd played the role of All My Children's Bianca Montgomery appeared together. Well, if that doesn't give it to you, we're going to go way back in the time machine to January 20th, 2012 for a show that was months in the making. And according to some folks on Twitter, it was the Palooza, the gold standard that all future Paloozas will have to measure up to. Of course, I'm talking about Bianca Palooza. And it was an appearance on the show by actresses Eden Regal and Christina Bennett Lind. They were reflecting on their time on All My Children and a landmark character in daytime, Bianca Montgomery. It was the first contract role for a lesbian character. And it was a character that really had an impact on a lot of viewers. And you'll hear that it was a role that also had some impact for Eden Regal. And we managed to come up with some surprises throughout the hour, but none were bigger than the reunion between Eden Regal and her former on-screen love interest, Olga Sovznoska, who played Lena Kundera. The two had lost touch over the years, but thanks to Soap Central Live, they're now back in each other's circle. It was the biggest surprise and by far the most memorable moment of 2012. Let's take a listen now to Bianca Palooza. Eden, there were a lot of firsts that you were involved in. One of them was the first same-sex kiss in daytime television <laughs> history. Were there any jitters about uh, sort of that kiss going to be analyzed for you know eons and eons to come? Yeah. I mean, I was very nervous because, I, listen, I, I don't want to kiss anybody on set, you know, on set with a million crew people around and under hot lights and with cameras. I mean, it's very, it's a very intimate thing and, and it, it made me nervous. I think it was, it might have been my first, like, on-screen kiss of any, you know, same sex or off-screen sex. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I, it was, it was compounded by the fact that it was this huge publicity of, event for all my children. So there were all these news cameras and extra and entertainment tonight and everybody was there. And I was so nervous. I was like, this has to be like a, like a beautiful, you know, kiss has to be the, you know, these two characters have been waiting for this and the audience has been waiting for this. And, and I was like, I just can't look stiff. And wouldn't you know it, I look incredibly stiff. <laughs> it was wonderful. I well, saw it later and I was like, oh, 
oh god, I must like you know like all all this pressure is on me and I'm not handling it so well. But well, by the what about that I was a little bit more relaxed. What about in all of this, Olga? Do you think that I mean, did you two talk about this? Was she nervous about it? She wasn't nervous about anything. She was a rock star. Well, you know what? Let's ask her. Let's bring on Olga Sadnoska. Welcome to So Central Live. Hello. How are you? Is it really you? <laughs> yes. Is it? You know what? I just looked you up online because I thought, whoops, you know, it's been such a long time. And I nearly fell off my chair. So much has happened to you. Congratulations. You're a mom. Thank you. And you're a mom. Two times over, right? I know, I know. <laughs> yes, oh, um, I'm an old God. pro by now. cannot tell you how nice it is to hear your voice. Likewise, I was just listening to the conversation. Um, you're so sweet to say I wasn't nervous. I think the word is I was completely ignorant. All the stuff that you were just describing, um, I was so unaware of. <laughs> I just... Uh, I really, and thinking back now, I just laugh at just how green I was to the whole, um, to the, the, the whole concept of daytime television and what this whole storyline meant and everything, you know, the historical context of it all. I just didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I was sort of told, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I get it much better now, so it makes me laugh to think. It should also be noted that Bianca Palooza was probably the first episode of Soap Central Live that was brought about almost entirely by the fans. Fans working around the clock to tweet their favorite stars and let everyone know how excited they were about this show. So had it not been for them, who knows if our most memorable moment of 2012 would have happened. It's also a lesson for those of you out there who want to hear your favorite soap stars on Soap Central Live. All you need to do is tweet your favorite stars, tell them that you'd like to hear them on the show, build some excitement, and maybe we too can make your palooza happen here on Soap Central Live. And that is going to bring us to the end of this very special edition of Soap Central Live and our look back at 2012. All of our memorable guests, our most outrageous moments, and other highlights of the year gone by. If there's something that you heard in today's show that you missed the first time around or you want to go back and re-listen to some of the episodes that we broadcast in 2012, you can do so for free by going to our show archives page at soapcentral.com slash radio. There you'll be able to stream or download any of the past 12 months of shows completely for free. And as a matter of fact, you can also download or listen to episodes from 2010 and 2011. They're all there for you to listen to. But as we move into 2013 and continue to talk about anything and everything soap here on the show, I want to take a couple of moments to thank the folks who helped me get this show together each week. Without their help, it would not be possible for me to be here. We'll start off with my executive producer, John Missile, to the engineers at Voice America Talk Radio, Ryan, Michael, Matt, and Justin, to Angie in the PR department, and also to SoapCentral.com's Tracy for her transcripts for each and every episode of Soap Central Live. It makes finding the highlights and our lowlights so much easier. Of course, I want to thank all of you out there who've called in over the past 12 months to share your thoughts and views on the world of soaps with me. I love talking to you each and every week, and I would not 
do this show if I didn't have a chance to talk to you guys. And, of course, to everyone who's listened, whether you listen live every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or if you're not available then and you listen to the shows later in the archives, I appreciate your support. If you didn't listen, there would be no reason to do this show. But we are doing this show, and we're going to continue to do it because so many of us out there love our favorite soaps. We are going to have more of your favorite soap stars from past and present and possibly the future on Soap Central Live coming up in the weeks ahead. Thank you so much for making the past three years so incredibly amazing. There is still so much more to talk about, and we're going to start doing that next week with the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. I'm Dan Kroll. Have a great day. Happy, healthy, prosperous, and wonderful New Year. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.